0: especially as a woman. These highly successful women will share strategies and insights, including what not to do and what it takes to win. And now here's your host,
1: Jennifer Justice. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Jennifer Justice. Thank you for showing up to this episode of Taking Care of Lady Business. Today, we have Jackie Fast. She is founded Sandbox Studios. It's a venture fund, and we are going to hear all about what she's investing in. Welcome, Jackie. Thanks so much for having me, Jennifer. Of course, I am here in Mexico City. So um, it just took me three takes to do that, by the way. So <laughs> like um, maybe I shouldn't take it on the road next time. But um, anyway, it's perfect. it's perfect. It's perfect. Nobody needs to know. <laughs> no, I like it. I like I like it. You know, everyone mm-hmm. hearing all like the works and all it's like nothing is perfect. I don't you know, I've done so many podcasts where it's like I know every single question and and, you know, every every answer. And but it's like this is more about like how messy our lives are as women and like sure. how it's trying to change that dynamic. And I was talking to somebody last week about, you remember that BBC like thing where the, the guy was on camera, um, but he had to do it from his home or whatever. And then the baby like come yes. barreling in and the nanny running in behind I mean, him. And nanny, it's like, yeah. Oh my God. Can you imagine if that happened? And then COVID hits and it's like, yeah, that's just called life by the way. It's our yeah. life every day. So anyway, yeah. well, I no, digress. Um, let's get back to you. Um, Tell us about Sandbox Studios.
0: Perfect. Well, Sandbox Studios is a venture fund based in LA. It's a $50 million fund where we invest at seed with talent-led startups. So in its idealistic form, or like on the hunt for the next Beats by Dre, or the next Kylie Cosmetics, so these are basically startups that are founded by talent or celebrities or actors or musicians. Um, but in, in its current form, and actually what's really happening is there's a lot of amazing startups that are trying to access... Uh, talent, media, entertainment—because to gain cut through is so difficult now. You know, Facebook and Google have a duopoly on advertising. So what used to be so easy—you know—we never, we now don't need bricks and mortar because we've got Shopify and websites and all this way to access customers. You know, because of the duopoly, it's now really, really difficult for brands to kind of reach people in an authentic, practical way. And so, talent has been a real cornerstone of businesses. And so invest in talent-led startups uh, as a thesis, we're actually also on the ground kind of putting this stuff together. So there's a couple of really amazing startups that we've kind of invested in that will bring talent with our capital as well. So it's kind of a whole ecosystem that we're trying to support. Um, and really, I think, you know, and you know this probably more than anybody, but in five to 10 years, I think most people will have a recognizable face attached to a product just because it gives access to customers, through social, their channels, but also brand values. Like people stand for something it's easier to communicate, people don't have time, all of that. So our fund um, is based on that. And typically it's consumer, but we also do a renovations uh, platform. We invest in a renovations platform, which goes out to contractors, but then eventually, obviously, b 2 b to c um, So it really does fundamentally go around the consumer, but it's, it's really dynamic and vast. So we've got uh, a vegan nut butter called TBH with Stranger Things Noah Schnapp. Uh, we just invested in uh, an NFT company with Shawn Mendez. We've got um, a sake company called Happy Sake with the uh, male model Jordan Barrett. Second, I'm missing one. I don't even know why. Anyways, we've got four to date.
1: Yeah. Okay. And so, how did you? How did you get into this though? Like, what led you into this kind of area of work?
0: Well, the greatest thing I think is that um, I've never been in finance. I've never been in venture capital, which is everybody's like, "Oh, you cannot, you cannot." Um, my background's marketing. So, I started and founded one of the most successful sponsorship agencies in the world um, in London called SlingShot Sponsorship. Uh, I started it in my bedroom. Uh, I was planning on being a consultant and the company just like blew up. Uh, My clients were Prince, The Rolling Stones, Elton John, Richard Branson. At one point, we worked with the current prime minister, Boris Johnson, which is crazy. (laughs) Um, But uh, my background really is creating partnerships um, and leveraging partnerships with brands, with talent, um, all along music and typically around things that people like. So sport, music entertainment education. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I sold it in 2016. I had no idea what I was going to do with the rest of my life and started angel investing just to kind of like buy some time. And what I found was I'd be sitting around all of these boards, usually seven people, all of which were men, all of which were middle, like um, middle-aged men, all of which were either accountants or from a venture capital fund. And as an operator building brands, I'd sit there and be like, like, why is nobody asking the right questions? And when, I mean, what really highlighted it to me, and I mean, the why I feel so passionate about what I'm doing now is, you know, I didn't realize venture capital is set up to invest in 100 companies, wait till five break out, then fund, give the money to the five. I thought... As most I like, as I just assumed everybody did, you really backed the people that you backed. And so it was shocking to me when we would be sitting around a board and the company wasn't doing well and that nobody A wasn't putting in more capital, but B wasn't even giving the resource or the time. And you know, you as a business owner and me as a business owner, that's not how businesses work. You know? Yeah. You you need the help and the support. And so, I mean, after my experience angel investing horrible experience investing, I'll say um I wanted to kind of professionalize this around something that I knew um so i'm you know I know what I'm doing, I know the brands that I'm investing in i'm I've launched three hundred brands, I'm good at that. I know startups really well, so it's really niche what we invest in, but the whole ethos is that we we really back the companies, so you know I'll get behind the companies, I'll do the comms, I'll do the marketing, I open up our network. I just did. Um, a deal with Soho House to be the exclusive drinks partner, you know, we'll, we'll go and make this stuff happen as if it was my own company.
1: Right. Right. Um, I know that's so interesting because, you know, everybody thinks, well, I can't start a venture fund unless I have done XYZ or I've operated a company or I have worked in finance or I've worked on wall street. And so to see it from a different perspective in marketing, you know, that's like, that should be, you know, inspiring uh, to many people to, to like, dip their toe in other things, right?
0: Well, I think it's like everything. I think everybody's always like, you can't do this because you haven't done that. I mean, with Slingshot sponsorship, I had never run a business and I don't, like I was 25. I I could count on my hands, like how many people were saying you can't do that. How you've never, you've never managed people. You've never run a business and that thing blew up, you know, it exited for a very large sum of money. And the whole, I think There's like this whole communications around people that are always wanting to say that to you so that you don't have the opportunity or chance to do something because it's very rare, right? It's very rare for people to try to do stuff outside their comfort zone. And so there's such a reticence to do that and the lack of confidence to do that, but it's never been my MO. Like I've always, and I mean, I take the success of Slingshot and the hindsight of it is like, actually, most people don't, don't know what they're talking about, to be honest. Most, most people in their jobs don't no. even know
1: what they're doing. So like, I'm no different. I'm no different. So you sold Slingshot and then when you went to go raise money for the fund... I mean, was that difficult? I mean, women have such a hard time Awful. and then oh, everybody's like, Awful. oh, you've never done it before. And there's actually studies that say that, you know, men are hired on potential and women on experience. Cause I even not, like I've, you know, I've interviewed and I was like, oh, I want to be, you know, I was an EVP. I want to be a president. And they're like, we, well, you've never been a president before. And I was like, neither was Obama until he was a president. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, it's, and it's
0: never just experience. It's always the second time. There's this amazing podcast. I'll send it to you um, with the. She's the director of the amazing movie with Tom Hanks. Everybody in her cast got Oscars except for the director. And it's always like, oh, well, she's done it once. She was lucky. Like if she does it twice, then she's good at it. You know, men are just like, oh, he seems like he could do it. He can have it. Women have to do it once. Then it's like, it's luck. Let's see if she'll do it the second time. Oh, true. It's crazy. (laughs) Um, You know, I know it's just like. It's just the way it's just, it's yeah. just the way, but going back to the original question yeah. in terms of raising money um, in my job with slingshot, I did a lot of raising money, but not raising money. I like, you know, sold sponsorship, bought sponsorship deals. I'm very, very good at that. And I'm very good at pitching and all that stuff. So I did not think it was going to be hard. I thought, you know, based on my experience, I like, I had a thousand times the return, I've done this for a living. How hard can this be? I'm only I'm only raising 15 million. How hard can this be? It was so hard. We didn't even close the 15 million. Like we started raising in April. I started getting really panicked about it. By June, we ended up raising two million at the end of. We closed at the end of. June, July. Um, so our fund isn't even closed. We're going back out to the market. We made some investments through a good recommendation and we're going back out to the market. I think things will be different, but we had three family offices, massive, like billionaire, old school money families all said that they're going to put in 8 million and they're like, mm, let's see what you're going to do. And then we'll put it in. I feel pretty confident they're going to put the money in now that we've made investments, but it's
1: just that thing. Like I guarantee you, if I was a man, they would have just wrote the yeah. check. Yeah. They can raise money on an ideal, you know, (laughs) what women has done that. Yeah, (laughs) So difficult. Okay. So then how do you, so you're out there, you're raising some money. Now you have to raise some more. Um, Do you have partners in this? I do not. Um, I have I have
0: a partner um, who is a minor partner, um, but he's actually the guy that gave me the idea. We were sitting in London and originally it was going to be an agency because I know how to do agencies. And like, where are you going to, if you're going to work with all of these celebrities launching products, where are you going to get the money to manufacture the products? And I said, I'll just work with VCs. And he said, why would you work with VCs when you could be the VC? And I was like, i never even considered that. Um, so he is incredibly well connected. And he was like, oh, I know. I know three people who will give you five million. Never worked out that way. Um, but uh, I just kind of ended up doing it on my on my own anyways. But he's a tech entrepreneur and super supportive. So he's kind of in the business, um, but he's more of support than anything. Yeah. So it's 100 percent mine.
1: No, I've, I was curious because I know some people who do partner with men and they can raise money a lot easier, even though they're yeah. not a the majority partner <laughs> or making really the decisions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're
0: not trying to raise a hundred million dollar fund and yeah. I don't mind taking the long route. So at Slingshot, I owned hundred percent and I swear to God, every day for six years, all I could think about was like, if I had a partner, if I had support, if I had a partner. Um, and then when I sold and the check, went directly into my bank account. I was like, I'll never, I never want a partner. No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of like, I, I've kind of learned over time, I execute better when I can make decisions quicker, Yeah, know, that I don't have to like go by committee. So we have, and saying that we have an investment committee, but they don't have voting power really. So if there's
1: something that I really wanted to do, I would do it. Right. And so how did you come across, because of your path and Slingshot, that's how you came across the thesis of to, to have celebrity driven um, companies, right? Yeah. And what you said earlier, they're mostly consumer product. Mostly. Yeah. 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 So we've got a couple tech, but
0: mostly consumer, typically things that, you know, people that consume every day, like Nutella favorite snack. So um, TBH is a spin on Nutella. It's palm oil free. It's something that people access every day. So it's um, typically kind of things that people want to use. Ah, that was the other one. I can't believe I forgot. Judy, emergency kits. Oh, is yeah.
1: One our, yeah.
0: Is, is, is our other investment, which I love as well. So they're, they're things that they're everyday things. You know, these aren't unique products. We're not investing in deep tech. Um, these are products that I'm familiar with that I've marketed before
1: that I've helped launch. So I kind of stay, I stay within my, you know, wheelhouse so if a celebrity has like an idea and like, where do they have to be or or an influencer or something like, where do they have to be in order for you to invest? Like, do they have to have like a minimum viable product? Do they have to be out in market?
0: Honestly, it's very dependent and it's very dependent on the, um, brand and the team i would say most of the time yes um but of the four investments that we do have um tbh hadn't sold anything that was just kind of they had the product but it hadn't been on markets yet we invested then judy has been in market for two years selling mm-hmm. so they've got a really strong pipeline um they're very clear about where they're increasing growth um unblocked which is the nft company with sean mendez doesn't even have a um, mvp uh but they have raised like 30 million today and they don't have anything, but it's the founding team of TikTok that are creating this and like um, NFT company with Dapper Labs. So the team is like enough to like place. I don't want to say place the bet, but effectively place the bet. Um, Happy Sake is relatively new on the market, has been selling for six months. So there is a range within our portfolio, but typically I think most companies would benefit from having a product with sales that you can see traction. It doesn't even have to be like a year, just like we put this out to market. Everybody's like we sold out and then we increase our like even if it was 500 products and we sold out, there was a company I did look at that had sold 123 shirts. And I was like, that's, that's not, I mean, I could call 123 people <laughs> to get them to buy a shirt. So, you know, it's not enough of an argument to to say that there's traction there.
1: And like, are there particular, like, I don't even know how to say it like levels of celebrity or influencer or something, or, or is it really about engagement and idea? A hundred percent engagement and idea. So um, having a, a big reach
0: can be helpful. And again, it depends on the product. So if it's an awareness thing, um, a big reach is important, but actually Judy's a really great example. Judy has really amazing people on the cap table, uh, Oprah Winfrey being one of them, but there there's no face for Judy. And Judy is an emergency kit, right? So it's an emergency kit for families that provides food and water. They also have generators for people that experience floods, earthquakes, fires, um, the pandemic, (laughs) people running out of toilet paper, that kind of stuff. And it would be, it would probably ring false. If like Britney Spears, for instance, was on the face of it. Or although, I mean, she's gone through a fairly harrowing like life situation, but, you know, I'm just saying like, if you put any Beyonce on the face of it, it wouldn't ring true. Mm -hmm. Right. Like these are for everyday American families. So it's really about the product. The product is the most important talent is distribution. So we work with, so Judy works with talent to get it out to the people, but it, there isn't necessarily somebody on your TV like giving you a PSA.
1: Yeah, no, that's such a good point. Like, you know, having represented Jay for so long, Jay Z, like one of the things that always shocked me is, you know, he, you know what he's into. He talks about it in his songs, you see it in his lifestyle, and they come up with the most crazy things like, hey, can Jay Z endorse whipped cream? Well, yeah, yeah. And you're like, well, this, you see desk. him eating whipped cream all the time. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's like there's got to be, and I know that so many people get so sick of this word, but there has to be an authenticity to oh, it. It has to be. No, I
0: mean, it, people shouldn't be sick of it. It's like the core of the thing because it's the trust, right? So just like if you were to recommend a product to me, I trust your opinion. If all of a sudden I see you like slinging like whipped cream to get me, that's just like it's so fake. Like, right. What I'd be like, Jennifer. What are you getting on the back end of this cream deal? You know, cream. cream. My daughter <laughs> loves <your> it. <laughs> so that's what we look for. Is it authentic? Um, is there a story that is true? Um, because the other, the other thing is, I mean, you'll know this again more than most. But when it's fake, it's it's not just like it's obvious. Like to mm-hmm. consumers, consumers are super savvy. If it's not true to the person, then it's just like it's a a waste of money. It's a waste of time. You know, there, there are better things to do basically. So that's really core of what we look for as well. Right.
1: Yeah. So like, just so like the listeners can understand, like some real core, like authentic things, like Kim Kardashian, Kardashian starting skims. So obvious. Like she wears super body conscious clothing. Like she's talked about, you know, feeling insecure about her body. Like it's so like 101, like that yeah. is a super authentic partnership, you know? So, when you're doing this, like, how do you analyze it? Like, what's your team look at for this? So, a
0: lot of this comes down to my experience, and this is where we have a leg up on most people. So I've either worked with all of these people or I know people that have worked with them. So I know, like, I know if they're going to be a nightmare. I know if they're not, I also can tell within the first meeting, if they like really care about it. Like we just, we just got off call last week with somebody and I was just like, it was an amazing deal and everybody wanted to do it. And I just shut it down because I'm like, listen, they're not going to do what you think they're going to do. And I can tell, I can tell in like 30 minutes, like they just want the cash. They want the cash. They don't really care. And that's 20 years. That's 20 years of doing this, structuring these deals, of getting burnt. I mean, like I've been burnt so many times. One of my, I mean, I love Prince and, you know, I don't obviously want to speak bad of Prince, but he was very difficult. He was one of my first clients, probably... Of all of the people I've ever worked, probably the hardest, mostly just because he wasn't commercial. Um, and so getting him to do stuff around commercial things was impossible. It was just impossible. I don't even want to say near impossible. It was impossible. And so that like I, that was one of my first clients. And that really laid the framework for understanding how to get into these things, what to look for, how to structure them, how to make sure that they end up with their side of the bargain. Because the truth of the matter is, is the talent is going to be most exciting at the about the deal that you're doing at the day they sign the deal, you know, because they're so busy, right? It's, it's not yeah. their priority to pump your, your business. So a lot of that is gut, gut intuition experience. But we also, um, we've got kind of a proprietary software um, or proprietary system that looks at a deal, a whole deal, because it's not just the talent, right? Sometimes it's an amazing product or amazing team, like the NFT company, amazing team. And so we have a weighted, um, weighted scale on uh, six things, talent, community, which I think is super important right now and for the future, category, disruption, team, and value add, like what we can bring to the table. And we kind of put all deals into this system, and then it kind of outputs a number, and then we base having follow-up calls or investments on that number. And then, of course, it's like, do we want to work with these people? you know, is, right. an, is an important thing, truthfully.
1: I think that's another thing because I've worked with companies too, kind of doing similar things to you and like, oh, we want to build this influencer thing or we want to work with your talent. And, you know, you have to realize that they already have a full-time job. Yeah. You know, they have a full-time job. And when you're a recording artist in particular, you take your job on the road when you can, that's not COVID and like you're on the road for six to months to a year to indefinitely. Right. And so for then you to be like, Oh, and then I have to stop over in the studio and do this photo shoot to like hawk this product or, you know, and even if they really wanted to do it, it's still a lot of work. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had, I've had somebody who like, We were representing his talent and they really, they said they really wanted to start a clothing line. We found every way to do it. They would not have to really do any input. I mean, they do input, but like, you know, no travel minor or like everything. And ultimately she was a mom. Ultimately she was just like, I don't want to do it. It's so much work. You know what I mean? Because this is is like, because you're talking about when you're not talking about somebody's just paying somebody to then like hawk a product and like it's on a billboard somewhere and then it goes away. Like this is somebody who is owning a part of a company, right? This is like an ownership stake. And so you have to realize that they have a core business that they already do and love. And that's how people know them. They have to maintain that core business in order to like market this other thing that they're doing. It's gotta be authentic. It's gotta have the right team. They, they can't really run it. Right. It's like, you know, we haven't seen Gwyneth Paltrow in a movie forever because she started doing it. She's busy. She's busy yeah. You know, She's got a full-time job. Yeah. yeah. We haven't seen, uh, we haven't heard an album from Brianna forever. She's, you know, she's running some businesses and she even had to close one, you know, her closing business, like her high-end closing business. So, you know, it's a lot of work. It's not so easy. So finding these people to you know, partner with and then grow a company is no easy feat. I just want to put that in context for people because some people are like, oh, you just find this person. They have a lot oh, followers and you've this product. Yeah. And then It's like an art form. It's a skill, Yeah. you know, yeah.
0: but a very few. I mean, you get this because you do this, but like, I would say 99.9% of people don't understand like how hard it is to get both people to the table that want to do something and then get it
1: over the line. I and think they like, really want to promote it to your point, not just like, yeah sign the deal, get some money. And it's like, oh, I don't, do I have to go do this now? I don't yeah. want to like, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's, yeah, it's really, really hard. So I think where we're going to stand in like five to 10 years, I think there's a lot of people that are not, that do not have our experience and cannot view these kind of deals. And there's a lot of, you know, big venture capital funds that are like, oh, just like throwing money at stuff that's got talent, but without really any context of how it actually works in, in practice. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of people are going to get burnt truthfully um and so i kind of want i want sandbox studios to be the one that has basically got like you know six out of six hits or 12 out of 12 hits or whatever the case is and it's hard to articulate you know it's hard to say well it's because we have experience we can foresee this because what bc guys are going to say well we have experience about the numbers and there's to your point there's an art form to this mm-hmm. you know it's not easy
1: yeah, I know. I've seen some really bad deals made in investments of mine that were because there was somebody else that was like famous on the other side. So like they made really bad decisions or gave away a bunch of the company and you're like, wait, they, they don't have anything to do with this industry. No, you're 100% right. right. It's so it's so crazy. It's just like they literally just, you know for lack of a better word, like star fuckers and want to be close to them. And so they put money up and then the rest of us who've invested, you know, suffer and give away a bunch of things that like they never should have without understanding the rights. Like in particular, with you understand this with music and what people and listeners have to understand if they're trying to do partnerships. When it comes to music, the artists most of the time do not control the music. Their music.
0: They, they do not, they do the not have the right to say. You
1: can use the music in that they do not. You have to pay their record companies, exorbitant amounts of money and all the writers on the song, which may or may not be the actual artist. And they get to just name the price. They could say it's a million dollars for 30 seconds. Like that's how it works. And so when you're doing deals in particular with musical artists, like don't think that they can say like, "Oh yeah, you can use your music." Yeah, they'll probably go to them for approval, but that doesn't mean it's for free, and they don't. Doesn't have mean it's ride, free, yeah. You know, and that's such a big point in there too, and like understanding it. So, and I find, in particular, people from finance have no clue about that. And but why would they? Well, why, why would they? Yeah, why yeah. would they? Because they're not doing it. In particular, a lot of other people from branding and PR and marketing that try to, you know. Partner or get hired by big companies and like oh no no we can do this and no 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 and then the next thing you know they're coming to people like you and me going yeah um, we have a problem can you help us like yeah
0: yeah no no I mean there's just I think there needs to be there needs of course I would say this but I think there needs to be more people like me and you like if you look at how many deals are being done and I mean I'm not even involved with any of them like there's so many deals but there's nobody actually knows what they're doing in the middle of putting those deals together it blows my mind it's so crazy yeah. to me it's so yeah. crazy no, I'll have to but, um, hard
1: way. you are correct yeah. yes
0: yeah that, that's what I, th- I think i i legit think that uh, we're i mean you started doing this way before i did but i think we're very much way ahead of where people but i do really feel like in five to ten years most companies will need talent because of the whole Facebook, Google, Duopoly, it's so hard to get customers, all of that stuff. And mm. there's nobody who knows how to structure these things.
1: Yeah, how to structure them and then like, and understand the real authenticity and engagement and stuff behind it. So when you're doing this and you're investing, do you guys have minimums that you use?
0: No, I mean, we tend to say that we invest. I mean, it's a big range. Anywhere from 50 grand to half a million is our first check. Um, usually. So we're typically not a lead investor. And the reason why is because, you know, I don't have VC experience. I don't think it's super hard, but I I like kind of lean into our co-investment partners. So other people that have like 25 years Goldman Sachs experience um, that kind of can crunch the numbers. So I kind of usually work in collaboration with other VCs Mm -hmm. who I like, which aren't a lot of them, but that's kind of jokes, but I work with them and we kind of approach (laughs) something collectively. So the reno deal was really interesting because... I was given it from another VC who said, you need to look at this. I think this has got a really strong talent angle. Do you agree? And so we worked kind of together on it. And I was like, okay, it's great. But the the amazing thing about that is only me and the other VC know that I'm having all these conversations with all of these other talent to do stuff. So there's a whole like ecosystem of other VCs who think it's just the product. So it gives us like collectively, it makes me very like, everybody wants to be my best friend because I have inside knowledge that nobody else has, right. I'm helping do deals that nobody else is aware of as they go to close um, their round. So typically when we, cause we're obviously coming in at the raise. So that's kind of how, how that works. But our follow-up investments is, are usually like a million. Mm-hmm. So when stuff is going well, we kind of like get lots of pro ratas and kind of put more, more capital to work basically.
1: Right. So, cause you want them to succeed. You don't want that other model of like, I just throw yeah. Yeti at the wall, whichever one stick, I'm going to put more money in it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. right. How, um, mind bending is that i mean you're like really like like you know what i mean they're like of course Uh, of course i want the people that i invest in to like succeed and that's just it it's like because you're using your experience behind it it's like these companies get you know basically free marketing and free you know like that that otherwise they'd be paying you know big commissions on um in general right
0: yeah, no, I mean it's just even like if you look at the D 2 C model, and you say, uh, I mean Noah Schnapp with the TBH is a really interesting one. So he's very he like it's his idea. He loves Natal. It was like curated by uh, a venture studio, actually, not not mine, but uh, another venture studio. But he has posted like a million posts about it because he loves it. He did like meet and greets at the Showfields retail outlet, all this stuff, um, and that I think they just sent me the press. The press was eighty seven unique viewers or something they got a Forbes profile like hypothetically if this was just a snacks company that tried to get a that much press into showfield all that stuff they probably would have had to drop I want to say 700 500 to 700, 000, um, in cost of marketing to launch they paid zero
1: right right like, I mean, and that's massive to a, um, a startup company massive. massive massive. Yeah. You don't want to use that marketing. I know. I think there's so many people who are sitting on opportunities to market like that and just not taking advantage of it at all.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, going, but then goes back to the authenticity part, like that worked because no cared, no cared. He loves it. It's like, it's he like sees it as his brand So it works. And when it works, it really works. You know what I mean? Like, Jay-Z has got, like, amazing things. And when he's, like, backing behind them and he loves them, they fly. But if they don't – if the person – like, A, there's very – few people that have kind of like the business acumen and the time and the team to kind of do what kind of Jay-Z is doing. But you see everybody trying to, I mean, Mark Wahlberg's a really great example, in my opinion, who's like just trying to like do a whole bunch of businesses and keep acting, but has no kind of like collective understanding of how that works in a portfolio or even his portfolio does like random stuff like Wahlbergers with his brothers and puts team people and teams in, in place. But the power of when it works is you can buy it. So it's, it is the marketing it's, but it's everything. It's like opens up suppliers. It opens up funding. Talent accelerates businesses more than anybody else with the right talent.
1: With the right talent, with the people. Yeah. And things that are authentic and also the relatability of the talent, right? There are certain people yeah. who are not, um, are just not relatable. And so you, there's no product that they can get, or promote that anybody be like, well, that's not going to make me look like her or sing like her or be her. So what, what does it matter? You know what I mean? Um, but back to like the Kim Kardashian scams or Kylie Jenner and her makeup, like we see the transformation of what she looks like and what she looks like after her makeup. Like, of course, that's going to be relatable. And it's going and people are going to gravitate to her and their fans are going to be like, okay, like those are like really great, Deals and things that like companies that they've built by, based on who they authentically are as human beings. Yeah, right. Totally agree.
0: Completely agree. And you can't like you know you can't just
1: like figure that out on a spreadsheet. No, you, know? you can't. It's like what did you? What are the three things you said? Your uh, authentic? What your instinct? Your
0: intuition? Experience? I mean,
1: and there was another one.
0: I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway. Anyways. Those they, are the things. Yeah. things. <laughs>
1: Those are the things in your butt. <laughs> you're in your experience, and like, yeah. um, and then putting all of these kinds of things together. So, what's the future for Sandbox?
0: So, well, we. I mean, I really hope to be. Well, at the moment, we're seeing almost every talent-led startup. Um, we are the only venture capital fund that exclusively invests in this in this asset class, the only one. Um, and I think it plays into the fact that very few people can do this. Yeah. Um, and so as there's more deals, hopefully the fund obviously will grow and get bigger. Um, we are finishing our close at the end of April of next year. Um, So we're opening up to new investors early next year to come in and then we'll, I mean, we'll probably just keep keep doing what we're doing. But I mean, hopefully we'll come back on the pod in like three years and we will have had three massive exits and we can talk about why
1: they were so successful. Um, What what is the minimum that you'll take um, if people want to invest in your fund? Hundred grand. We're pretty open. I'm. Um. I had it's funny. I had a
0: chat with an LP the other day, and he said, "Well, don't you want to have less people?" And I said, "Honestly, for me, like, I want more people. I don't want like lots of horrible people, but like more good people is
1: great, right? Like, founders would be great. Yes.
0: Yeah, but and also like everybody brings stuff to the table. So like we've got at the moment, we've got a mix of LPs honduras mexico the uk saudi and america and they're all like different and they're all they all kind of do different things and they're all from different kind of families so we've tapped into manufacturing in honduras and mexico for some of our portfolio companies i've tapped into uk um event stuff um, for one of our portfolio companies so like i'm a big believer and you know more collaboration is always better
1: yeah. Amazing. Um, so I know that we're running out of time here, so I'm going to wrap this up, but if people want to find you, invest in you, bring companies to you, be you, <laughs> how do they find you? Um, well, I'm on Instagram, which is
0: just Jackie Fast, J-A-C-K-I-E-F-A-S-T, or just email me Jackie at
1: sandboxstudios.ventures. Amazing. Okay. And I um, ask everybody this question at the very end. What is the worst advice you've ever received?
0: So when I wanted to get the commercial director role in my job before I launched um, Slingshot, I was told that I didn't have enough experience and I needed to get more experience. And then I quit my job and then um, I ended up almost buying that company. So that was bad. That was bad advice. (laughs)
1: <laughs> because I, I mean that. I
0: think you have you get experience on the job like you know if yes. you're willing to like learn and you're open and you're willing to like make mistakes and stuff I think there's nothing better
1: than that. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. This is super interesting, informative. Obviously, it's something close to my heart since it's something that I've done for the majority of my career too. So I think a lot of people can learn from you on this and how to actually structure these deals and should just be investing in you so you can invest in more of these uh, companies. So thank you. Thank you for your time. Um, And so everyone else listening, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Taking Care of Lady Business on location in Mexico City. I am Jennifer Justice. Until next time, bye.